And um, I, we, we welcome on Drew Davison right now, a uh, longtime pal of mine, uh, four-star telegram. And uh, Drew, your long national nightmare uh, is, is about to come to an end. This, uh, this has been hanging out there for a while since Gary was shockingly stepped down or was forced out, however you want to phrase that. And tonight, you will be um, uh, attending the the big announcement at Amon Carter Stadium for Sonny Dykes. I mean, we've known it; it's coming, but it still, as I say it, uh, Drew, it still almost seems shocking that we're here. I bet you're happy we're about here. Oh yes, sorry, Matt. Uh, oh, that's okay. No, I, I was just saying yes, as you know, being in the business, coaching searches can drag on and and be. Uh, quite a bit of work, so to speak, and, and refreshing Twitter every uh, 30 seconds isn't too fun. But, no, I, I mean, Sonny Dykes has kind of been the favorite since Gary Patterson was let go. I think TCU probably felt a little pressure to, to make that decision in during the season, uh, especially after Texas Tech fired Matt Wells. So, uh, but, yeah, it is what it is. There, you know, TCU is kind of trying to have this grand entrance tonight where Sonny, I think, will probably just wave to the crowd, maybe give them a go frogs or whatnot, and then tomorrow – will be kind of the formal sit-down press conference where he answers questions uh, about taking over the program. All right, and Drew, as only sports, uh, and, and you've, you've done some Rangers coverage in your day, uh, right as we're coming on today, uh, the Rangers, uh, I, I still, you know, you have to, this kind of season, especially with all these coaching changes, you always have to make sure and make sure nothing's fake. But the Rangers have now spent, a half a billion dollars, Drew, and they have landed shortstop Corey Seager on a 10-year, $325 million deal, <laughs> sources have told ESPN. So, oh, my goodness, the hits just keep on yeah. coming. This is a crazy news cycle. Now, uh, Drew, you've been right in the middle of all this. Do you uh, – it was awkward, the ending at SMU. I mean, first of all, they're kind of on a slide at the end, and this is out there like crazy. And I, I think it was just kind of regrettable the, the the way the whole thing ended. Take us back a little bit. When do you think TCU kind of – I mean, did they zero in on Sonny, I mean, almost immediately after Gary stepped aside? What was the uh, – what would you say the timetable has been? Yeah, Matt, I think it, you know, it, it was one of those things. Once they saw Texas Tech by Matt Wells, they kind of knew, hey, we have to, you know, make sure Sonny Dykes knows we're going to be an option and, and whatnot. And it's still crazy to think Gary Patterson's not coaching TCU, right? I mean, it's kind of like Joe T's not serving Mexican food. You know, he's a Fort Worth institution. But, uh, yeah, I, I would say, you know, early on they kind of knew Sonny Dykes and, and them had strong mutual interests. And then I feel like the coaching search or the national search just went on to try and validate that. And, and, you know, maybe, hey, can we get someone better? Or who else may be an option out there? But I think they always kind of knew Sonny uh, was going to be the guy or, or at least, you know, a coach they felt they could always get. And then, you know, hey, can we go get a Matt Campbell? Can we, you know, w would Kellen Moore be interested just because, you know, TC's obviously shown a willingness to pay big-time money 
uh, in terms of salaries and being competitive right at the top of college football. So, you know, they kind of went through all those options, uh, but ultimately they just – it felt like Sonny Dykes was always the guy when Gary stepped down, um, and and obviously that came to fruition. But I do think, you know, that they generally, you know, considered various candidates, but but it certainly felt like Sonny was was the guy they kind of knew they could block in um, when they made the move. Do you sense um, that the fan base, talking to Drew Davison, by the way, Star Telegram has been covering this and done a great job on a moving target. These stories are crazy. And, Drew, what happens is the earlier coaches either get fired, pushed out, whatever, the you know it just makes it crazier. And some teams move qui- quicker than others. And I think OU found that, uh, boy, if you don't, you know, I think they got, they thought they had Lincoln forever, and then suddenly he's gone. What I'm kind of curious about, you're you're tapped into that to to a lot of the big wigs at TCU. Like, uh, is this? Uh, I mean, uh, again, I'm like you. I'm shocked that Gary's not the coach anymore, but he's not. And and maybe it was time to move on. And and I think a lot of TCU fans are kind of excited about what's next. Do you think most of the fan base is is pretty excited about this hire? I mean, it is weird to go hire your so-called arch rival uh, in SMU. I mean, the, the, the schools have been rivals forever. Um, I mean, it's a, the whole thing's been a little awkward. Yeah, no, it's definitely awkward. And, and you know, I, I think initially fans uh, probably weren't overly thrilled, right? He isn't the splashiest hire like a Deion Sanders would have been or, or whatnot. Uh, but, and I think people felt it was the safe hire, but I think, you know, kind of since they've announced it and, and in recent days, of course, the fan bases are going to get eventually on board with the new guy. Cause you know, obviously they hope he's successful and wins games. And I think, you know, the reaction just from the SMU fan base and how, you know, some of them have handled, you know, losing their coach to TCU, I think excited uh, more TCU fans. And then, on top of that, just some of these guys they're bringing in on staff and, and Sonny's hiring, you know, a guy like Rashad Samples coming with him, uh, Brian Carrington coming from USC uh, or is expected to, um, who's kind of known as a recruiting ace. Uh, so I, I think the fans are starting to get more and more excited once they see the staff coming together and just kind of what the future looks like for TCU football under Sonny Dykes. And, and I will say, you know, I, I feel like, uh, Sonny Dykes may be more well-respected just in coaching circles and the AD circle, so to speak, as opposed to maybe, you know, some fans might want to give him credit for. Uh, but, you, you know, he is the guy who developed a number one overall draft pick in, in Jared Goff at Cal. Uh, he beat Texas twice at Cal um, and, and obviously turned SMU uh, around. So, you know, it, it's kind of like a baseball player, right? You can, you can kind of dissect their stats however you want. Uh, but overall, I think, you know, it's a pretty solid hire, especially for what TCU is looking for. All right. <clears throat> Compared to what Gary was making, where does Sonny come in roughly? I know because, you know, being around Baylor so long, these things are uh, – these private schools don't make everything public. From But just can you kind of give us a ballpark of where you think this thing's going to end up? Yeah, Matt, I, I've heard, and, and this is not official because – TCU is a private school, so we'll have to wait a year or whatever for their tax return to become public knowledge. But I, I, I have been told it's a six-year deal, 
and it is somewhere between SMU's $4 million offering and what Gary was making at $6 million. But I think it's probably right around $5 million, maybe not quite $5 million a year, but I heard uh, the total value would be probably pushing uh, about that $30 million mark. So six years, around 30 uh, But, again, that's kind of unofficial official. <laughs> why, why do you think, Sonny, you know, Tech obviously went with McGuire and people thought because of his dad had him coach at Tech. Do you just think, I, I guess, being around the Metroplex, I'm sort of curious, do you think he'll try to <clears> – he can, obviously, you know, can't call them Dallas's team – but I, I, I would imagine he'll try to keep that same sort of, you know, Fort Worth's not known for producing, I mean, all apologies to your Fort Worth friends, but as many great players as like the immediate Dallas area going into to Duncanville and DeSoto and Cedar Hill and all of that. How, how do you think Sonny will kind of handle all that? Try to go down the road, but obviously he can't bring all that Dallas stuff with him. Yeah, no, but but I do think, you know, there's a lot of similarities in terms of just trying to kind of brand themselves. And, and like I said, with, with the staff he's kind of building around with the Rashad Samples, son of a legendary high school coach here in the Metroplex, and, and you know, the Carrington guy has a lot of deep Houston ties. I just feel like, uh, or they feel like, you know, they're really going to focus on Texas, and where, whereas Gary – and he did credit. I mean, a guy like Lucas Niang, he found in, in Connecticut, and, and he developed into an NFL talent. Um, so he did have some success with out-of-state recruits. But you know, I think the last year or two, over half of TCU's recruits have come from out of the state. So I think TCU uh, wants to really kind of reestablish its, its recruiting roots in the state and things like that. And, and Sonny's shown an ability to do that at SMU, and I think – you know, some of these guys he's bringing on um, kind of double down on, on that mindset. So uh, so I do feel like they're going to be going after a lot of uh, DFW kids. Um, and, you know, furthermore, I, I do, you know, TCU has tried to kind of become Fort Worth's team. Uh, and, and obviously to a varying degree, they've had success, but they really kind of want, especially with all these people moving into the Metroplex, they feel like, hey, let's just try and convert, you know, some, some of these people to come out to games to, to get behind the local team, so to speak. All right, Drew Davison, we appreciate it. One last thing, what about our friend Gary Patterson? Is he going to live the life of a uh, full-time uh, singer-songwriter, or do you see him coaching somewhere next season? Do you hear any – are you hearing any buzz or is all quiet on the Patterson front? Well, I, I have not heard much. You know, I, I would think he he will become, or you know, you you would think with 181 career wins, he'll be attractive to someone. But maybe that he'll take a season off and then kind of come back or, or whatnot. So we'll see. But I, yeah, I, I've not heard him linked to any of these or, or any of the jobs you would think he would want, so to speak. I, I think you know he, he's still. Uh, you know, kind of not quite on that radar, so to speak. But, uh, you know, just because it's kind of uh, just at that point of the process. But I do feel like, you know, he's going to have some opportunities. Now, whether it's this year or next year, um, I'm sure some some pretty good programs uh, would love to have a guy who's won 181 games running them. So you're saying he's going to take a step back? 
<laughs> Don't put right. words in my mouth, Mac. All Come right, <laughs> all right. Come on. I had to get a little joke in there. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a good song. It's a good song as well as uh, yeah. Game On. I hope they play Game On tonight as Sonny takes the field. There at Eamon Carter. Uh, Drew, thank you, and great great job on all this, okay? I've been uh, monitoring all your activities, and I have uh, told the Star-Telegram that uh, a bump is in order. Okay, well, I, I, I hope they're listening to this and follow through. <laughs> yes, yes, they always do. There he goes, Drew Davison, beat writer, uh, covers the TCU Horn Frogs for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram.